fly around. Little green peas from the ground. Buttermilk biscuits, nice and brown. Bring it to the Tennessee farm table. Butter beans, peas, beets, and chard. Chickens running in the yard. Catfish frying in that lard. Bring it to the Tennessee farm table. Cast on skillets, good and hot. Watch it steam and crack and pop. Cornbread bacon in that stove. Bring it to the Tennessee farm table. Pick them maters, good and ripe. Drop 'em black gang candy stripes. Look at 'em loading down those vines. Bring it to Tennessee farm table. Bring it to Tennessee farm table. Welcome to the Tennessee Farm Table podcast and broadcast, a show that is dedicated to the people of the state of Tennessee who produce, prepare, and preserve food and agriculture, often with that Mountain South Appalachian flair. And on occasion, I just might have a guest from our neighbors from surrounding states here in the Southeast. This is your hostess and producer, Amy Campbell. The theme song that you just heard was sung and produced by East Tennessee's own Emmy Sunshine. She's from Madisonville, Tennessee. Today, we are setting the table with a visit with two farmers and chefs who have recently been nominated by the James Beard Foundation for Best Chef Southeast of West Virginia. We visit with Amy Dawson and Mike Costello, farmers, chefs, and owners of Lost Creek Farm, located in Harrison County of West Virginia. And also food historian and writer Fred Sossman shares a story and recipe from the late Raymond Bautista, who formerly lived in Elizabethton, Tennessee. Thank you so much for your good company here today. I really appreciate you tuning in, be it podcast or radio. Thanks for stopping by. Amy Dawson and Mike Costello own and run Lost Creek Farm. Mike as farmer and chef, and Amy as farm manager and baker on a historic family farmstead located in Harrison County, West Virginia. They describe their cuisine as story-rich, heritage-inspired mountain cuisine. And from time to time, they have farm and forage pop-up dinners in cities like Knoxville, Morganton, Charleston, and Washington, D.C. In addition to farmers and chefs, they're also storytellers producing a podcast called Pickle Shelf Radio Hour. They embrace and often include the foodways of immigrant communities of their region with their pop-up dinners, and they also host private events, private chef experiences, virtual teaching sessions, and share recipes on their website. They received wonderful news a few days ago, having been nominated by the James Beard Foundation, Best Chef Southeast West Virginia. Truly the nicest couple, sharing Appalachian foodways and traditions with the community and revitalizing an old multi-generation family farm that was in disrepair. They've turned this into a viable and celebrated lifestyle, and they're always open to share with others. We recorded this interview in 2016. They explained the history of the farm and their hopes for the farm, their plans and dreams, and we see today that their hard work has paid off and has come to fruition. 
we're at the Appalachian Food Summit and I have snagged Amy Dawson and Mike Costello to just talk more about what they do at Lost Creek Farm. I'm Mike Costello and I'm uh, a bit of a chef. We, we run a traveling pop-up kitchen from Lost Creek Farm, which is a uh, historic uh, 160-some acre farm in north central West Virginia that uh, we in, were able to inherit from Amy's family. And this is Amy Dawson. Um, I was I was raised in Lost Creek, and this farm has been in my family for about five generations. Um, and I'm happy to move home. It needs a lot of work, but we're putting the love into it. My great-great-grandfather on my father's side, Bill Blake, built the original house and outbuildings on the on the farm. His first wife died young, and then he married a young woman. And then he passed, and her estate sold it to my mom's parents. So when I knew the farm, it was my grandparents on my mom's side. Um, And then it went to my mom, and then it came to me. And so it's kind of a, a twist that it... It comes to me from both sides of my, or, you know, both of my parents. Yeah. And we actually found when we were cleaning out some of the outbuildings that uh, are in disrepair, uh, we found some things from my great-great-grandmother on my dad's side. Some of her missionary papers, there are these large missionary certificates, and then we also found in my grandparents, my mom's parents, had a bit of a library, and amongst their books we found one that was to my great-great-grandmother from her priest, preacher, pastor, I I forget what exactly his title was, but it was, uh, it was a book about morals. (laughs) Oh, nice. Yeah, so it's been, it's been fun, kind of sifting through everything. I bet. Yeah, that's been one thing that's been really interesting for me, moving to the farm. You know, obviously I didn't have the personal history with the property that that Amy did with it being in her family, but it's been really interesting to kind of get to know the property and to get to know the way things were in the past in the property. When we've been tearing down old buildings or even working on the the farmhouse that we're trying to renovate right now, um, it's just really kind of neat to get a glimpse into uh, you know how farming was done or how buildings were constructed back in the day and it was done with such care and such quality and uh, compared to the way that we sort of think about everything from construction to food today it's, it's very different and very sort of short-sighted in a lot of ways so it's been really fun to kind of go back to um, you know looking at the roots of this property and kind of drawing some inspiration from that and really trying to push ourselves to, to really do it right. Yeah I bet. Well, Amy, when you knew it as your grandmother's, too, tell me what the table looked like on a Sunday afternoon. Would she cook? Um, <laughs> I don't know if I should admit this, but I, I come from a, a line of women who did not particularly care for cooking. My grandma, I do remember my grandma made a wonderful coleslaw with a oil and vinegar dressing Ooh, yummy. and it had carrots in it and I remember it was all finely shredded and that was one of my favorite things when grandma would make her coleslaw. My mom has tried to recreate it and she said that she just could never get grandma's mix. <laughs> <laughs> I think that's refreshing because here I am being presumptive that 
your grandmother's in there slaving away in the kitchen. What were they doing more with their time than making food? Well, when my when my mom's parents bought the property, um, I said it was you know already kind of run down by that point, and they were already in their sixties. Mm-hmm. And so my my grandmother had many. Uh, she loved crocheting. She had many hobbies. Crocheting, she would hook some rugs, and my grandfather was really in love with the farming, and so he had his registered Hereford herd. Uh, pulled Herefords, mm-hmm. and uh, so he would go out and do the fencing and all of that, and Grandma would stay in and um, do sort of her needle crafts, and mm-hmm. uh, that's that's how they did it. They were kind of retired by that point, I guess, more hobby hobby farmers at that point. How about your mom? Um, well, she spends a good bit of her time in the kitchen. Uh-huh. Uh, she does a lot of canning. Oh, okay. Um, and she, she's a, a very simple cook, but I kind of appreciate her flavors. We always had good food. We always had good beef. Uh, we had a big garden. And so she does cook. I don't know that she necessarily you know, enjoys it with her time, but she's also out on the farm a lot. My mom has been a farmer her whole life out in the field. She still rakes hay and you know, comes home, tends the garden, does the canning. They set sauerkraut every year pretty much. And, she fixes the fences, you know, handles the cattle, salts the cattle. Wow. She, she does it all. She's impressive. Absolutely. And what's her name? Actually, her name is Amy Dawson as well. <laughs> so you're Amy Dawson too. Mm-hmm. Do they call you Little Amy? Uh, sometimes. Uh, it was really confusing whenever friends would call me from school because they didn't know that we were the same name. At home, they call me by my middle name, Georgiana, oh. or Georgie for short. That's a beautiful name. Thank you. Thanks for talking a little bit about the history about your farm. It's it's important, and I know it resonates. Yeah, and as far as the next steps go for the farm, since we were able to inherit this beautiful property that's given so much to us, we sort of feel an obligation to give back in a way. And when we're building our, our kitchen, when we're building our event space at Lost Creek Farm, we have bigger goals to sort of turn that facility into uh, a bit of a learning center for um, both the kind of culinary arts for um, the kind of agricultural side of of what we do. Um, So it would be great to turn the farm, you know, into a facility where someday people were coming to learn about some of the heirloom varieties of crops that we're able to grow in our region, to learn about um, making value-added products, to be be using our kitchen and our facility to be applying their skills that they're learning, uh, to turn it into some sort of uh, substantial economic development opportunity where we're, we're, we are truly an incubator at the farm where we're, um, as we're sort of turning that space into something where we're on the road with our pop-up dinners or we're hosting events or we're making value-added products. We're also teaching people um, how to do the same and create their own businesses and really trying to revitalize communities like Gloss Creek where we are and the broader Appalachian region as a whole. So, uh, you know, from the farm right now, our, our focus is really just uh, kind of renovating it back to the point where it can be a working farm. It was a, a working farm uh, in vegetable production in, uh, in livestock as well in the early 1900s. Uh, there's been cattle run on the farm for the last few decades, but we're really the first ones to get back to the farm and, and do any sort of uh, active 
cultivation. So now we have uh, some heirloom apple trees that we are trying to get started. We've got some blueberry plants. We're just getting started with meat rabbits, with chickens, um, with some heirloom crops, like a, uh, some heirloom Appalachian heirloom corn varieties, for instance. And uh, our goal with the farm is actually not really to be growing and producing so much for market, but to be sourcing our farm-to-table culinary business uh, as much as possible from the farm. Uh, we're always going to be teaming up with other farms uh, wherever we're doing dinners uh, or other kind of culinary events, but uh, our goal at some point is to, to really be uh, fairly sustainable from what we're able to grow at the farm. You are listening to the Tennessee Farm Table podcast and radio broadcast. Our guests today are Mike Costello and Amy Dawson, owners of Lost Creek Farm, a historic family farmstead located in Harrison County, West Virginia. They describe their cuisine as story-rich, heritage-inspired mountain cuisine, and they've been nominated by the James Beard Foundation, Best Chef Southeast, West Virginia. In the second part of this interview, they'll tell us more about their traveling pop-up dinners, their farm relationships, and their concept of embracing the immigrant food traditions of the area of West Virginia where they live. Pop-up dinners, do you travel? So tell me how that works. Yeah, we travel quite a bit with our with our pop-up events from Lost Creek Farm. Uh, so when we do events, we're always on the road. We're traveling to other farms, oftentimes to other event spaces to put on these dinners. Um, and and our, our specialty from Lost Creek Farm is sort of a, a hybrid where we're, we're doing farm to table and we're also doing a lot of wild harvesting. So in our farm and forage dinners, uh, pretty much every item on the menu is going to have something that we wild harvested at Lost Creek Farm. So in the spring, we had uh, a lot of ramps. We had a lot of uh, mushrooms, spring mushrooms. The last pop-up dinner we had, we had uh, mushrooms from a different season. We had uh, chickweed oils and we had uh, some other kind of woodland herbs, uh, some wild berries. Yeah, chicory root. Right, right. So, uh, you know, that's one of the sort of interesting things about um, being able to do this sort of thing in Appalachia is not just kind of looking at the availability of produce and and pastured meats and whatnot from from farms, but also looking at the plentiful forests around us and seeing what we have at our disposal from just the wild harvesting that we're able to do in the woods. If people want to directly get in touch with you, just know more about you and connect, how do people get in touch with you? Um, The best way to contact us is probably by email. We're at lostcreekfarmwv at gmail.com. Uh, we're also on Instagram at Lost Creek Farm, and Mike and I are also on Facebook if you want to contact us through there individually. What you'll see, you'll see a lot of um, kind of ethnic food traditions from West Virginia, from some of the, the ethnic communities, the former immigrant communities that surround uh, the farm where we are. So in, in the town of Clarksburg, which is nearby, for instance, there are a lot of Spanish a lot of Italian food traditions that are still alive from those immigrant communities that were really thriving in the early 1900s. So um, you'll find that stuff on our menu. So for instance, in October, we're going to have a a Spanish style um, mushroom pate with uh, wild harvested mushrooms. 
uh, we're going to borrow something from the Italian community and we're going to make a, a pumpkin gnocchi uh, that'll sort of feature some of the nice heirloom pumpkins. Uh, there are going to be some really nice mountain varieties of heirloom apples, some uh, uh, we call them ugly apples because they, <laughs> they're not as polished as some of the big varieties that you might see in the grocery store. Um, and, and we're going to be teaming up with some other farms in Tennessee. We've been really blessed to have a good network of folks in the Knoxville area to provide us with, with some things from some farms. Uh, we've worked with farms that your listeners might be familiar with in the past. Uh, we, we've worked with uh, Jim Farm to get rabbits. We've worked with Mountain Meadows Farm to get peaches and apples. And um, we have worked with uh, Jennings Hollow Farm to get some fruit some nice pastured pork. We look forward to kind of building those relationships even more with the farmers in the Tennessee Valley and just kind of creating community, continuing to create community as we do our do our events in Knoxville. Well, and, and one of the things that's really fun about that for us is, is just sort of using food as a way to highlight some of the diversity that exists in Appalachia and that is often overlooked in Appalachia. So, you know, we're often seen as just this homogenous kind of pit of boring white people that don't really have any uh, any flair to our, our traditions, but there's actually quite a bit. If you just look around, um, you know, where we are in West Virginia, for instance, there's uh, a, a Greek community, there's a Lebanese community, there's a Spanish community, there's an Italian community that, you know, maybe they don't have the numbers that they did 20 or 30 years ago, but uh, the one thing that's still really very much alive in those communities is still the food. And um, while we don't really make any claims about the the authenticity about the the food that we're creating when we create a version of a certain dish that we've learned about in our community we're absolutely inspired by and 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 continue to be driven by those those traditions and you know we like to incorporate that as much as we can whenever we're developing our menus absolutely amy dawson mike costello lost creek farm thank you so much for sharing your story with us. Thank you, Amy. It's great to be on your show. Thanks for having us. Thank you. You are listening to the Tennessee Farm Table podcast and radio broadcast. Our guest today has been Mike Costello and Amy Dawson, owners of Lost Creek Farm, a historic family farmstead located in Harrison County, West Virginia. They describe their cuisine as story-rich, heritage-inspired mountain cuisine, and they've been nominated by the James Beard Foundation, Best Chef Southeast West Virginia. Their farm and forage supper club was highlighted in the New York Times, and the 2022 schedule is listed on their website. These suppers run from June through October in various cities. More information, lostcreekfarmwv.com. And just a note, they do not advertise on this show. Just a great story of two farmers and chefs making things work. I've placed links to them and some pictures and links to Fred and Emmy Sunshine and the podcast of this show on my website, TennesseeFarmTable.com. Up next is a segment from writer and food historian Fred Sossman about the late Raymond Bautista and his coleslaw. The Franklin Club, operated by North American Rayon Corporation, hosted many stylish dinners, dances, and other first-class functions in Elizabethton, Tennessee, 
from the 1930s until the 1970s. In 1934, young Raymond Batista, a native of the Philippines, visited North American Rayon's New York City office and was hired to move to Elizabethton and be the club's chef. He had learned to cook in the Merchant Marines, where he also honed his skills as a flyweight boxer. The Franklin Club quickly became a go-to spot in Upper East Tennessee for a nice meal, and Raymond eventually took over ownership, changing the name to Raymond's Fine Foods. There were a few echoes of the Philippines at Raymond's place in Elizabethton, but his menu largely consisted of regional favorites, like coleslaw. Here's how he made it. You mix together the following ingredients. One small head of cabbage, grated. One small head of lettuce, cut up. One green pepper, grated. Two carrots, grated. Three tomatoes, diced. One cup of celery, diced one small onion, grated, and one cup of sugar. Then pour over that mixture a dressing consisting of one tablespoon of salt, one half teaspoon of black pepper, one half cup of vinegar, and one cup of mayonnaise. Raymond Batista died in 2006 at the age of 97, long after his restaurant closed, but people still talk about his coleslaw. For the Tennessee Farm Table, I'm Fred Saussman. This is Dale Mackey of Dale's Fried Pies and the Central Collective, located in Happy Holler, Knoxville, Tennessee. And you're listening to the Tennessee Farm Table podcast and broadcast. Thank you so much for joining us here today at the Tennessee Farm Table podcast and broadcast. It has been an honor to have your good company. We always love to hear from you on Instagram, Facebook, or Twitter, or through the website, TennesseeFarmTable.com. I'd sure love to hear from you and swap some recipes and stories. Big thanks to Emmy Sunshine of Madisonville, Tennessee for the musical arrangement and singing and recording of our theme song. For updated appearances, schedule, news, and her new recording, connect with Emmy Sunshine at TheEmmySunshine.com. We hope you have a good week and keep on digging. This has been a Campbell Creative Incorporated production.